depression. We hear that word a lot, and sometimes we don't even know what it really means. Or the things that it can drag along with it. I'm only 16. Which is kind of young, if you think about it. And I am not ashamed to say that I was dealing with some pretty severe depression and anxiety. Um, I don't remember when it started exactly, but my hope for this episode is to kind of bring awareness to mental illness, share my story, and hopefully inspire someone to speak up if you're feeling this way or if you've felt this way or if you know someone who feels this way because it's serious it's it's not a it's not a joke so i guess my story starts off in about 7th grade my best friend i was friends with her since like 4th grade so we were friends for a while and she was self-harming She was, you know, physically harming herself. And I don't remember what happened if I felt sympathy or if I was, you know, such a follower that I was like, hey, I'll try it. But um, I started to as well. The kind I did wasn't really showable. The first time I really remember doing it was I had like a soda can or something at school. And I was tearing it up because, you know, what else are seventh graders going to do? <laughs> and um, I remember pretending to, you know, my wrist and I didn't notice but I actually did my friend was there with me when I did it and she gave me her jacket so that people wouldn't see that was my first memory of self-harm Summer after 7th grade was pretty okay, I guess. Not much to do, just like any other summer. Except one thing. My friend. A different friend. I had met him through a mutual friend, and he was funny. And very, very smart. And, I don't know. Our friendship kind of just clicked, I guess. Yeah, you know, 7th graders these days, they're very inappropriate and (laughs) a little explicit. (laughs) 
because that's the kind of world we live in. So, the summer after seventh grade, you know, had a phone since fifth grade. I was talking to my friends, texting them, calling them, video chatting them, you know, all of the stuff normal kids try and do with their friends over the summer. One night, that same friend, he he kept joking around with me to take my clothes off and send him pictures and to have sex with him. Now, I kept agreeing because I thought it was a joke. then when he said what time are we meeting up I eventually confessed hey I'm not gonna do this and you know seventh graders they can't keep their mouth shut so I was talking to him while I was also texting my two other friends who were really close to me at the time and telling them everything that was happening sending them screenshots And then he texted me a message that I did not think I would ever hear from him. He said that if I did not have sex with him, that he would end his life. And I had no idea what to do. I told my friends sent them screenshots and they texted him saying you know it's illegal to do that we can call the cops all that stuff he claimed he was joking but that kind of stuck with me later that summer My other friend, he, I was talking to him about what my friend did and what he said, and you know what he said? Instead of being supportive friend, you were video chatting and he said, you show if I show. Once again, thought he was kidding. But we were video chatting and he exposed himself on camera. I ended the call and then he continued to block me on social media. He blocked my number. He didn't talk to me for the longest time. And then, you know, my friend, one of my friend's exes um, sent me, um, I guess, what teenagers would call a dick pic. But he didn't only send me his, he sent me his friends, too. 
And then eighth grade came. I started kind of not liking who I was and not wanting to live. One day before school, I went into the pantry and I saw a bunch of alcohol, liquor my mom's ex-boyfriend left behind before he left. And I took both bottles to school. I showed a few friends. And right after lunch, I went to the bathroom and I chugged them. I did not sip them or drink them with ease. I chugged them. And then continued to sit in the sun without moving during PE. That didn't go so well. I was sent home early, questioned by the principal. They thought it was just heat exhaustion. Till this day, they still don't know. And it just, it got worse from there. I would be home alone while my mom would be at work. I would go around stealing her pills. And I got up the nerve to fill a bottle completely with them. Random pills. I had no idea what they were or what they did. And I took them at school in the bathroom, throwing some up in the process of taking them. I continued to hide the pill bottle in my backpack. My friend saw, but he did nothing. One of my other friends saw, and she did not like it. But she didn't tell anyone. Freshman year of high school. Comes along. Already kind of depressed. All the summer after 8th grade, I had been self-harming, cutting, I guess. I found some blades in my dad's room. A bunch of them, like, easily over 20. He said they were for his work. And I took a lot. And I used them. Some of them rusty, some of them brand new. My arm was barely arm anymore. And then freshman year, you know, had some old friends, met some new friends. It was getting bad. I wore long sleeves, jackets. I wore jackets to my weight training class, PE. It was hot outside, but nonetheless, I wore 
long sleeves. I didn't want anyone seeing my arms. They were that bad. Some people saw. They said nothing to anyone. Then May came. May 4th, 2019. I met him. I didn't meet him May 4th, but that's when we started dating. We were both not in the right mental place to be dating anyone at all, let alone each other. And we would self-harm because of each other and we would know about it and we would say nothing. It got bad. Then, after dating for a few months, I think it was five, one day he didn't call me, text me at all. And then, at two in the afternoon, he texted me, can we text, can we, can we, can we talk? Can we call? And I said, yeah, okay. He called me. And his voice was not the same as it had been. And he just straight up said the words to my face. I cheated on you. And then he continued to tell me how his parents found out that him and I had sex. Because they went through his phone, and he was telling his other girlfriend about it. Kind of bragging to her. So, I was not very happy about that, I guess. I was not okay the rest of the day. My mom came over later, took my phone, was angry about it after she found out. Because we didn't use protection. And. I told her that I didn't want it anyways. I didn't want my phone anyways because. I didn't want to talk to him. Ever again. She questioned why I said that, and I said, he called me to tell me that you guys found out, but he also called me to tell me that he cheated on me with this stranger from church he barely knew for two days. And she showed sympathy. But it wasn't enough to keep me from harming myself further. I continued to find some random pills around the house. I continued to cut myself. It went to the extreme set of just lines on my arms. It was distinctive handwriting carved into my arms. Kill yourself.
die. Words carved into my wrists. And I decided to take him back. And we started dating again. But it wasn't for long. Two weeks at the most. He went on telling his friends everything about me. And by everything, I don't mean my favorite food. My secret career. Like, some kind of secret or something. No, he... He went personal. He started telling his closest friends what my body looked like. When we had sex. Specific details that I didn't really want anyone knowing. How big my breasts were. And other stuff as well. I got mad at him. It was hard to look at him from that day on. I felt like I had no one. I had my phone, so I continuously just played sad, depressing music all throughout class, all throughout lunch, breaks, on repeat. One day I refused to go into class. I sat outside the classroom and I just refused to go to class. Many, no matter how many times my friends told me to go. Eventually the teacher came out and talked to me. And I went in. But that was just the beginning. When I was with my ex, we were dating the first time. I sent him a picture of my arm. You almost couldn't see skin. It was just red liquid everywhere. He got upset. Told my best friend at the time. Who called my mom. Who called my dad. Who walked in on me. He started making fun of me. For it. Because he was in a drunken state. My mom came over and yelled at him for making fun of me and then took me to her house and had me sleep with her in her bed. I handed in my blades to my mom. But not all of them. No, I found other ways. There were pencils. I started scratching in front of people. So deep they would start to bleed and leave scars that I still have to this day. One tried to get me to stop. But it wasn't enough. My best friend at the time, actually there were multiple, all made a group chat on Instagram and talked bad about me behind my back. And then afterwards added me back in to the group chat. 
where I could then go back and see everything they had said about me. Everything was falling apart in my world. My boyfriend cheated on me. My best friends stabbed me in the back. I was alone. And no one seemed to care. And then the day came. October 14th, 2019. 8.30 a.m. The night before, I was really wanting to end my life. I would do whatever it took. And I snuck into my dad's room when he wasn't watching. I went to his drawer by his bed. I had already taken the key from his, you know, keychain. I took his gun and some ammunition. I put it in my backpack and I waited. I took a picture of it because I felt badass, you know. Then my plan was to end it all after school that day, the next day. Which almost happened. I went to first period normally. But I kept thinking that was going to be my last. I sent the picture to the same friend that said that if I didn't have sex with him, he'd end his life. I sent it to him and he told the school. I was taken to the office. They searched my bag. When they found the gun, they called the police. Who arrested me and waited for medical to arrive. When the ambulance came, they led me to the back of the ambulance and took me to the to the emergency room. I was on a twenty four hour hold. So basically, I had a nurse babysitting me every second of the day. After a while, I saw my mom walk in. She looked like she was trying to cry so much, but she didn't know how to. She forgot because she was crying so much already. She hugged me. And questioned me so much about what wasn't going on in my head. 
they had a psychiatrist come talk to me, ask me a bunch of questions I'd already answered to multiple people. They came to the conclusion that I was not well. (laughs) So they set course. And the next day, they transferred me via ambulance to Sacramento, which is three hours away from where I live. To a mental hospital for adolescents. I didn't expect there to be so many people there. But there was. I made some friends. Secretly got their contacts so we could talk. I was in this, I was in the mental hospital for 23 days, including my 16th birthday and Halloween. It was a tough year. After 23 days, they finally told us that a residential had opened up. About an hour away. So they took me there. It's like a group home for children, specifically females for this one, with mental illness, depression, eating disorders, schizophrenia, etc. I then continued to spend Thanksgiving, my mom's birthday, Christmas, and New Year's in that residential. I was there for about four months. February 10th, 2020, I finally got out. After that, obviously continued group therapy, individual therapy. I was put on medication, a high dose of medication. And now today, June 10th, 2020, I am proud to say that I have not had any suicidal ideation as of late. 
no self-harm ideation as of late. And I'm doing well. Do I get sad, time, sad sometimes here and there? Of course. Of course I do. But that's to be expected. point of the story is that if I didn't tell that one friend about what I had brought to school, I may not be here today. I still thank him for that day, for saving my life. I now have higher self-esteem than I did. Still pretty low, but higher than it was. A new appreciation for life. And love. It was almost too late for me. And it's not too late for you. If you're feeling down. Or if you wish that you weren't alive. If you're like me, and you just want it all to end, don't end it. Talk about it. You're not alone. I thought I was alone. But then I met a bunch of people who proved me wrong. If you have suicidal ideation or self-harm ideation, Please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. I hope to inspire you that if you feel this way or any kind of sadness, please reach out and talk to someone and get help because getting help was probably the best I felt in a long time. It really helped and continues to help me, continues to help me grow into a young woman who's confident and independent and selfless and would give anything to help other people. But not her own life, because my life matters. I am important. Thank you for listening to my very long story. (laughs) That was a little depressing. 
Um, I guess I probably should have put a trigger warning before this. Sorry about that. Um, if you ever want to talk to someone, you can talk to me. You can email me. You can talk to me. Tell me how you're feeling. I've been there. I know how it feels. This is digging for details. I'm Sky. Thank you for listening.